Good morning. Welcome to the program. I'm Emilio Desperado, and this is your show all about real estate. We're talking about the ins, the outs, what to do, what not to do. We've got the best talent in the industry on with us, and they're sharing some really timely, great, balanced insights to make sure you know what to do what to do and whatnot. I think I just said that, but it's all good, right? <laughs> Anyways, we've got Paul Salcone with North Point Bank here with us today. Paul is a top-level loan originator and uh, one, of the, one of the top in the business here in Rhode Island. He can help you in all 50 states. And we've got a great topic um, about the pre-approval process because there's always so many questions. And Paul is here to go ahead and clear the air on that and walk us through it. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mealy, for having me this morning. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Paul. You're all you're full of insights. I trust what you do. Our clients love you and rave about you, so we had to have you back on, um, Paul. The the pre approval process. First off, you know let let's. What can I say here? A, a lot of I get calls from buyers sometimes, and they're just like, you know, I'm not doing that until I go look at houses and this and that, and that's like backwards. That's like the worst thing you can do. So. You know, I don't want to hijack your segment here. I know you have some stuff prepared, but at some point I want to talk about that and why that's that that's bad news. It's not the right thing to do. But what are your thoughts on the pre-approval process? What can you tell us about it? Absolutely. And like you mentioned, it is definitely backwards. You need to get pre-approved before you start looking at homes. You know, number one most important reason why is because you need to know your buying power. Obviously, you want to be comfortable, you know, with even if you can you know, qualify for more, you want to be comfortable with your monthly payments. So you start looking at homes without knowing what payments are, how much you qualify for. It, it doesn't, you know, serve anyone any type of benefit at all. You need to do it, you know, the right way. So I will say the pre-approval process, you hear this in the industry, you know, every lender or everyone you talk to has a different idea of what pre-approval means. And to be mm -hmm. honest with you, it's it's really, it's cut and dry, but also it needs to be talked about. So Pre-approval really means when I sit down with someone either in person or they send me documents, you know, securely, I need to run their credit. I need to, number two, verify their income, you know, what they do for a living, if they are self-employed, if they're a W-2 salary employee with traditional pay stubs, if there's someone who lives on pension or Social Security income, or maybe investment properties where they have income they use. So I need to sit down with them, review their income, run their credit. Also, I need to figure out, okay, where's the money coming, you know, coming from for a down payment? Is it coming from a traditional checking, savings, retirement account? Is it coming from gift funds? Is it coming from a sale of a home? So all these things need to be you know, verified and, and sit down and with someone and go over the process. So when I give them a letter, you know, you know that this letter is going to give them the ability to get financing, which is huge because, you know, let's be honest, Emilio, you probably dealt with this in the past or even, even currently. You have a client who you think is good to go. You get an offer put in, accepted. You do all your, you know, your due diligence. And all of a sudden, you know, something happens with the financing two weeks before closing. And who wants yeah. to deal with it? You know. Yeah, it, it it's not so cut and dry. You're correct. I, I you know, it, that does not happen much with our advisors here, um, but it has in the past. You know, we've we've learned from that. You know, I, I think one of my first deals ever. This was 12 years ago, Paul. I took some folks around, showed them over 40 homes. This is when I didn't have two dollars in my bank account. I was overdrawn, borrowing. Actually, I didn't even borrow money for gas. Shoveled driveways for gas, but dude, like. I was taking these people around 40 homes and uh, and I'm like, hey, like I showed you the perfect houses. What do you think? Are we ready to go? Where's your pre-approval letter? They're like, oh, we're not we're not even going to buy. We just enjoy the process. And, you know, maybe <laughs> down the road and we'll use you then. 
They were window shopping and having a blast because they enjoyed the TV shows and they legit told me this. Jeez. It is mind blowing that anybody would do that, right? Um, oh, it absolutely is. And, you know, it's, it's it's crazy, and that that's why I mentioned this. Like, it's really important that we you know we get someone pre approved. And again, my my process, how I do this, and I let the you know the the client determine the best path. I like to meet in person first, almost like a consultation. I like to sit down with someone, shake their hand, look at them, you know, explain to them who I am, what I do, the process itself. So I like to sit down with someone. Then with their permission, I always give them a heads up before we meet what documentation I would need down the road. Some people want to do it all in one day. Okay, that's fine. I prefer mm -hmm. two meetings, sit down first, get to know them, and then maybe get documents after the fact. But let's just say they want to do it all in one meeting. I'll tell them, okay, we need the following documents. We'll need you know, a copy of your license so I can run credit, You know, very you know, standard. I need a social security number, which most people have you know, on, the, on their tax returns or have, you know, they have their social security card. Then I would need your last four weeks pay stubs. You're like, why do you need four weeks? Well, I need to see that if your salary, okay, it's pretty straightforward. But if you're someone with commission, someone with bonuses or, you know, any type of additional overtime income, I need to see it's consistent and see how many hours a week you have. Because if I just take the most recent pay stub, sure, it looks good. And, and you know, your date might look good. But then all of a sudden I realized we had one lump sum bonus that was for like two years of back pay or something. I got to make sure that the income is consistent because the underwriters are going to look at it that way. And that's the most important thing. So, you know, yeah. so then I sit down, you know, calculate income and, you know, and if there's someone where it's a situation a little more unique, like they own a business or they're self-employed and they have, you know, a couple of different revenue streams, you know what? I'll take the time and say, guess what? Let's review today. Let me give me, give me extra 24 hours just to make sure I have a background in accounting. Let me go through all this, make sure I'm giving you credit for all the income you have. Also, any money you're, you're writing off, I have to subtract. So I sit down with them, look at all their tax returns, you know, the K-1s, they call them for business returns. Once I do all that and feel comfortable with income, then the next step, like I mentioned, would be your, your you know, down payment, your assets. I ask for bank statements. They say, why do I need two months? Well, this is the reason why we need two months bank statements. Because if you had money that was gifted, okay, we can document that. But if all of a sudden you had cash in a drawer or from a friend you deposited last month, I need to make sure there's no large deposits. Because if there are, they're going to want to source that. So that's huge. A lot of people nowadays, well, I have cash. Cash is king, yes, unless you're buying the house 100% cash, okay. But if you need financing, we need to see the money where it's coming from. Because who mm -hmm. knows, it could be money you borrowed from someone, and now that's a liability you have to factor into your monthly expenses. So a lot of people get mad. Oh, why do I need that? That's the reason why. And any lender that says you don't need to source it, they're not telling you the right thing. And it's not. It's going to come back in the end to bite you. And, yeah, and, 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 yeah, and you know that, right? I mean, oh yeah, with yeah, deposits, yeah. everything else. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's the, the government is so, um, after the 2008 crash, the government really sunk their teeth into the mortgage brokerages, and they really kind of, like, just kind of suffocated the regulations to a point, some of it's good, but kind of overbearing, and I can tell you this, if there's a buyer out there right now purchasing a house, as crazy as the prices are, as high as the rates were, they're actually lower now, but they're qualified. They're qualified to purchase that home. And you know what? If you're just tuning in, this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We've got Paul Salcone on the line with us with, <clears throat> excuse me, with North Point Bank. And we're talking about the pre-approval process. Paul, one of the things about getting pre-approved for a mortgage, and I tell all of my clients this, is listen, you don't want to be out right now in this marketplace where homes are turning in about two weeks. You're going up against three, four, five, 10, 15 offers. You fall in love with this house. And number one, 
you can't meet the deadline to place the offer because you don't have a pre-approval process in place, or a pre-approval in place. Or number two, you find out that you're not pre-approved for that amount. Maybe you're short 50, 125 K, whatever it is. So can we talk a little bit about the length and how long somebody, how long it could take somebody to get all of this paperwork over to you to get pre-approved? Sure, absolutely. So most people, I would say the average person who's very motivated, and I, and I like to think everyone's motivated, but it takes probably two to three days to give me all the documentation I need. Some people can bang it out in one afternoon, and that's great. But realistically, you have to have access to tax returns, pay stubs, W-2s, bank statements, you know, license, you know, obviously Social Security. And then if you have a situation where you're retired, a pension, or maybe a 401k, we need some withdrawal or distribution, um, you know, breakdown. Or maybe if you're divorced or you have children that, you know, you're paying child support or alimony, you know, that's something else. We need, we need a divorce decree. So I would say, you know, 24 to 48 hours is what we need to get documentation for most people. And my goal is when you give me documents, I like to get you a pre-approved letter within 24 hours. If something comes up outside the box, I need more documentation, sure. My goal, so from start to finish, when we have a conversation, so when I get documents, takes me all said and done between one to two days from start to finish to get you a letter. So, you know, you start the process early. You know, and I run credit. It's good for 120 days. So it's good for four months. So even if you're saying, well, I'm going to start in the spring. Well, guess what? It's going to be spring in about four weeks. So you should start now, get the letter, and that letter is going to be good now all the way through June. And it's going to protect you. And, and if you need to update it after four months, it might take me 20 minutes. Yeah. So I think this is the way you need to start the process. So another common misconception about the pre-approval process is that it, it dings your credit and hurts you. However, you, you need to get it done to get a mortgage, right? And, and if somebody goes from bank to bank to bank, like if you if you check two or three different banks, Paul, does that really affect your, your credit to the point where other banks would be like, yeah, no. No, you know, it's a misconception, like you mentioned. I mean, most people, oh, well, my credit score. If you run credit and people say, oh, I'll do a soft poll. Listen, a soft poll is a watered down poll. It doesn't bring in all the information. I'm not saying it's terrible, but a hard poll hurts, you know, it affects your credit score two to three points. And within 30 days, it goes right back to where it was. So to me, that that's a no brainer. Yeah. I heard that when you're shopping for a mortgage, it, it does not, the other banks disregard the other mortgages running your credit because they know that consumers should have the ability to look around, you know, should have the ability to, it's a transparent process. This bank is offering this, this bank is offering this, right? Maybe they're rate shopping, maybe they're looking for better service, whatever it may be, but I can, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if they're doing that, that's not going to impact them from getting a mortgage if they're two or three points off, correct? No, because what happens sometimes when you do complete an application with a lender, they'll see the credit increase for the past, say, 90 days. And they'll ask just a quick um, explanation. You'll say mortgage rate shopping or, you know, comparing mortgage options. That's all it is. It's a quick, you know, sentence, you know, explanation and they move on. They just want to make sure you're not opening a, a new car loan or a credit card, something of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I love about working with Paul at North Point Bank is that he's he's on your side. He's going to find a solution for you. And also, he may say, look, here's all the numbers here. You could qualify for this. However, you know, you, you're working with your agent. You told them that this and this and this and this is what you want. And you could probably get that for 100000 less. Or, hey, you know what? What you're looking for unfortunately is not in that price range 
you know, you can get this or this or this, you know, talk with your real estate advisor about that. Or so, so the, the point of that is, is that Paul is going to work with you to get the right mortgage for the right home and work hand in hand with your real estate advisor to make sure that the process is seamless. And if you've ever purchased or sold and purchased a home before, you know who represents you and who works with you really matters. Okay. So something to keep in mind. Paul, thank you very much for jumping on with us today, talking about the pre-approval process. Um, you've done a fantastic job with anybody we've sent over to you. And I know a lot of our radio show listeners have contacted us and, and you, and you've done a great job there too. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on again. Uh, always, always. And if you have any questions for Paul, I want you to pick up the phone, give him a shout. It's 401 419 9291. Again, that's 401 419 9291. Paul's fantastic resource for you. Paul with North Point Bank. Awesome stuff. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here in a couple minutes with some more on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. This segment was powered by North Point Bank. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to the program. My name is Emilio Despirito, and this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We're talking with industry leaders and experts in varying fields uh, of real estate, right? Because there's so much to do when you're getting ready to sell your home or to purchase a home, right? You might want to maybe repaint stuff, maybe take down the old wallpaper and maybe kind of give some fresh life into it. Or if you're selling, I got to tell you, the best return on investment you can do is to paint some walls. I, I'm serious. Painting walls, doing some flooring, best return on investment that you can do. So we've got a special guest here with us today. We've got my friend Ben Goldblum of State Line Painters. Now, Ben has been painting for well over 10 years when he, he, and he started his company during COVID, right? which is fantastic. Everything was like shut down, but the real estate market was booming. He saw an opportunity. He went out and opened this company. He's originally from East Greenwich, Rhode Island. He graduated, you or I, with a degree in philosophy, but decided to get into painting, which is pretty interesting. So first off, I'd like to welcome you to the program. Ben, welcome. Hi, Emilio. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you're welcome, man. I enjoy it. So Ben and I are in a, a business networking international group where we meet with like 40 or so professionals each and every Friday. And I hear his stories about, you know, his clients that he's helped. I've referred him out and he's done a great job. So, you know, Ben is the expert in this. I wanted to bring him on. So again, thanks for jumping on with us today, Ben. Thanks so much. You're welcome. So I wanted to talk with you today because I, man, it kills me. When I go to list properties and I tell my clients, I say, listen, if you do this, 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 I could probably get you 20 $30,000 more, right? And I'm talking mostly about like paint, right? Refreshing some rooms, painting it, getting the right colors, getting the space to feel bigger or, or maybe smaller or taller ceilings or whatever it may be. Paint goes a long, long way. And I wanted to ask you, because we have some people that are like, oh, I'm just going to do it myself. Can you share some of the biggest DIY painters mistakes? Hopefully people can avoid these. So I think when people when people go into Home Depot and they see all the little products and knickknacks that they can buy that they think is going to make the job go faster, I think don't buy any of those. All you need is a brush and a bucket and a roller 
and a roll of tape and you can figure it out and go from there. Don't waste your money on on any of these, you know, flashy products that you see. Just keep it simple and and work your way through it. Like the edgers with the wheels and then the wheels getting the paint and now you're painting on the on the ceiling. Exactly. Oh. Yes. Most of them are <laughs> most of them are, are a waste of money. Um all you really need is a brush. And, and and here's the thing, and I I have the hardest time like with this conversation with my clients, but I tell them if you're doing it yourself, it will look do it yourself. Most of the time, it will look do it yourself. There's no way as a homeowner, all right, that you're going to be able to paint as good as a professional. So what happens is when you have people walking into your home, they're like, oh, this needs work. You could have just spent, you know, say four hundred dollars because paint is so expensive right now on materials and paint and, and that might even be a low price four or five hundred dollars to paint in room when you could have a professional come in for maybe maybe double the cost or so but get it done right where you get the return on investment it's wild ben you ever go into places where people have spent considerable amount of money doing it themselves just to have to call you in to fix it Yes, that happens a lot. A lot a lot of times people will get halfway through it and they'll call us and say, you know, this was a bigger project than I thought it would be. And we come in and we fix it. Um, there's a lot that goes into into painting even one room and to make it look perfect. You have to know how to caulk, the right type of filler, the right type of patching, the right materials to use. And if you don't, you know, it's once you know all that, it's a sort of a simple process. But if you're going into it, knowing nothing, um, it can get complicated pretty quickly and you can not, not get the result that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's what would you say would be the best way to save money on an interior painting project? So if, you, if you're someone who's looking to purchase a home or has, is looking to sell their home, I think scheduling the painting when ideally when it's unfair furnished and possibly if you're not in the home anymore so when a home is unfurnished and there's no no one living in the home it's much easier to to paint efficiently so this yeah. doesn't always happen and it's perfectly fine for people to paint while you're while you're living in the home but if possible to paint before you move in or to paint sort of right before you're moving out is is probably the best way um because it's it just becomes more efficient without having to to accommodate for you know keeping your home cleanly and and and, li and lived in yeah that's right i can imagine too and you know what there's nothing worse than having to, to move everything around like over and over and over again so i always think right before you move in while it's vacant is is probably overall the best time um, the other thing too is wh when do you use a paint sprayer for residential projects? I mean, do you bring like, you know, I, I, I've seen these in action. I've seen them inside houses, but if somebody has a fully furnished house, are you bringing paint sprayers in or you guys do you know, rollers or, or what? Um, if, if it's fully furnished, most of the time we're doing brush and roll on, on all the surfaces. The exception for that is cabinets. So when we, when we refinish cabinets, those are always sprayed. But we set up sort of a, a, we use zip walls, which are plastic walls, which we we sort of separate the the kitchen from the rest of the home and we spray. But um, if it's fully furnished, then it's just to, it's just sort of impractical to 
make it safe and clean for the person who's living in it to use a sprayer. Yeah, for those zip lines are pretty cool. They yeah, do a nice job of keeping everything up. Or for commercial projects, we're always using the paint sprayer because it makes it more efficient. Now, you've been doing this for over a decade, which obviously means you're proficient in your craft. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you've done a, a million jobs all over, exterior, interior. Can you tell us what jobs or job you are the most proud of? We did a, um, there was a full renovation of a, a very nice condo on the water in Westerly. And mm -hmm. all the walls were were very old beadboard, which the paint was sort of not looking the way it should. So we we sanded down and refinished the the entire interior of that condo, and it came out came out beautiful. So that's probably that. the smooth walls, everything everything caulked, filled, made look perfect. So that's probably one of the jobs I felt felt best after after it was finished. You know, beadboard is one of those things too. In Rhode Island, we got quite a bit of it. It's kind of like a coastal, like nice um, feature in a home. But it, over time, man, people have painted these over and over. You got the drips down them. They're they're a mess. There's you know three different layers, four different, five, ten different layers of paint with some of these houses, especially down in the westerly because they're older and. Uh, you said it, man, go in and sand it down and redo it. And that, that's a lot of work. That is a ton of time, a ton of work. And obviously, when you're hiring a professional to do this stuff, it's not always cheap, but it's not always cheap or less expensive to go do it yourself because there's nothing worse than walking through your home being like, ah, oh, man, you know, you have guests over, you want to show your home off. And that's when that stuff is going to pop out. I'm telling you, when you take friends or family over, it's like, that's when you notice it. That's when I notice stuff in my houses. You know, you want to be proud for what you what, what you have and uh, make sure it displays properly. And never mind when you go to sell it. Buyers are going to see all that stuff. And when they see something is hacked over here, they're going to wonder what else is hacked. And that may even, as crazy as it sounds, because I've walked a million buyers through homes, that may even deter people. They see paint on the ceiling. They see, you know, just you know, messy stuff, or they see cracking paint or flaking paint, they can't even get approved for certain types of financing. So this is very important. And it's important to be linked up with the right professionals to get it done. And that's why I strongly suggest giving Ben and his team at State Line Painters a call at 401-487-1426. Again, jot this number down. Somebody is always looking for a great painter. They're going to return your call. They're going to bill you appropriately. They're going to do the right work. It's 401-487-1426. And Ben, a couple other questions. Um, I know that you were talking uh, one week in BNI about dustless sanding. Um, can you explain how that process works? I know some of our clients are very, very concerned about no dust in their home, keeping their house nice, nice. How does that work? So dustless sanding is, um, it's a special vacuum. It's a HEPA filtered vacuum. Um, mm -hmm. So it's the the vacuums that we would do when, we, when we're sanding um, paint that has lead in it, but we also use it for all our projects. So we have a variety of different sanders that um, hook up through a vacuum hose to the sanding machine. Um, and when the sand, when the sanders operating, it's sucking 
all the dust that's generated from the sander back into the HEPA filtered vacuum. Um, so there's no dust. So we have a, a 12 inch orbital sander. So it's a pretty large sander that we sand all our walls with. And then we have a variety of different sanders when we're sanding trim or ex the exterior of homes. We use it as well just because it, it limits the dust for the workers. Um, we still wear our, our respirators while we're doing it, but um, it really it really limits the dust. And I think that the worst thing to happen is, you know, you're done with a paint job, and then you have to hire a cleaning crew to come and clean all the flat surfaces in your home. So we're yeah. we're particular about about leaving the home in a, a better state than when we got there. So um, that's one of the things we like to invest in in any equipment that we can that helps make a better and easier process for us and the clients. So I want our listeners to know one of the main reasons why I ask this, because you, our listeners, you own a lot of our listeners have investment properties. And when you're going to sell the investment properties or when you're going to rent the investment properties or even evict someone from them with some new laws in the state of Rhode Island, you have to get a lead test done. OK, if your property comes back and it's it's older, right, and it comes back, I think now they're doing 2011 older. You have to get this done. If it comes back with any traces of lead, you're going to have to take care of that. Right. Sometimes it's as simple as wiping down windows and doors and this or that, whatever else. But other times you got to get things repainted, encapsulated and that's when you want a company that uses the dustless sanders that goes in and uses all the protocols and works appropriately to save you money, right? Ultimately, it will save you money because we can't avoid these laws and you got to stay in compliance. So if you're going through that right now, give Ben a call, 401-487-1426. Ben, really enjoyed having you on today. Nice job. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Looking forward to seeing you soon, man. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Awesome segment. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections. And he's going to be talking about why you should not waive your home inspections. It's super important, especially for your first or second time home buyers. This is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. And this segment has been brought to you by State Line Painters. Hey, everybody, it's Mike from Patriot Property Inspections here. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is a little controversial in the real estate industry, especially the home inspection industry, and that is waiving home inspections. I know what you're thinking. What is waiving home inspections? I'll tell you what. So when you buy a piece of property as a buyer, you have the legal right to perform a home inspection. So you can do your due diligence and you can see is this the house that I think that I'm buying? So you don't get into trouble when you buy the house. That's your legal right. In the last couple of years, though, we've seen a lot of folks purchasing homes and waiving their home inspection. And it sounds crazy, but it's been happening. Last year and the year before, 60, sometimes as much as uh, 75% of people were buying houses without home inspections and just taking that risk. So I'm going to break down some of the more popular reasons why I heard that people waive home inspections when they buy a house and kind of outline what the problem is with that. So reason number one, I've had many offers on houses and they keep getting outbid or they get refused and somebody else owns the house now and I make another offer and I don't get that house and I make another offer and I don't get that house. So what I decided to do is waive my inspection so I could get the house. Terrible idea. However, 
this is what happens. You get desperate because you've looked at all these houses, you've made offers on houses, you've got an emotional attachment to each and every one of them because you're picturing your family going to live in the house. And, oh, we didn't get this one. All right, let's start the whole process again. And then you get re-emotionally invested in the next one, yada, yada, yada. And you don't get your house. So as a seller, when you have a buyer that says, we're not going to do our home inspection, all right, they're offering me a lot of money. They're um, offering over what I'm asking, and they're going to not inspect the house? Well, no-brainer. We're not going to have to negotiate with these people. Let's take that offer. So folks make that emotional decision to waive their home inspection to make the most aggressive offer possible on the house so they get the offer accepted. And emotionally, I get it. However, you're buying a piece of property. You're buying a house. In this market, several hundred thousand dollars, like 400 plus, maybe a couple of million dollars, whatever. It's a business decision, not an emotional decision. So you got to do the right thing for your family financially and safety-wise and not skip your home inspection. Another reason that they're told by their agent if they want this house, they need to waive their home inspection. That's simply not true. Under no circumstance are you required to waive your right to a home inspection when you buy property. That's to protect you. That's legally there. The state makes us get licensed and carry insurance and all that good stuff as home inspectors so that the buyers are protected when they buy a house so that they don't get into big trouble. But in a tight market and a few people start to waive home inspections and then the real estate agents start to say, well, you know, I mean, they already have an offer with a waived inspection over asking. If you want this house, you're going to have to do it too. And people just feel like, all right, that's how we do things now. And they, and they do it. Again, it's a misleading commentary and it's, it's just a bad idea. Um, here's another reason I heard, and this, this is very poignant. I've had this happen a couple of times in the uh, last uh, couple of weeks. And we're looking at a house tomorrow that had this. Well, I got an inspection report from the seller, so I don't need to do an inspection. I've got a report right here. Okay. Um, if you're a novice buyer and you don't know what a home inspection report is supposed to look like and you get this report that might be 50 or 60 pages from the seller and it has all this stuff about this house that you're going to buy, you're like, oh, well, I mean, I got this report. Why, why pay for another one? I can waive my inspection to make my offer more competitive, so I'll do it. Here's the problem with that. If you don't know what you're looking at when you look at a home inspection report because you, you just you, you haven't bought that many houses, what a lot of people don't realize is all home inspection reports are not that great, frankly. Um, you can have 50 or 60 pages full of fluff and a bare minimum or maybe not even bare minimum standard home inspection where there's a lot of stuff on there, but not a lot of great information. Like the heating system works. All right, you don't know what kind of heating system it is. You don't know how old it is. Is it 75 years old and still kind of works? Or is it seven years old with plenty of life left in it? Some of these reports don't have any of that stuff in it. So you might still be buying a money pit, even though you think that you have a quality home inspection report in front of you from the seller. Another thing is, if you buy a house and you hire a home inspector, the home inspector is taking on some liability for those conditions on inspection day. Uh, not that I like talking about suing a home inspector as a home inspector, but um, if the guy misses something that he was supposed to catch, you have some recourse. You could go back to him. He might just make it right out of pocket, or he is required to have insurance, so you might be able to file a claim with his insurance company and get made whole or at least somewhat whole and uh, and have that condition taken care of by his insurance company. But... If you buy the house and you just use the inspection report that was given to you and it was performed where the seller is that guy's customer, that home inspector has, uh, he's not beholden to take care of you at all. So 
you can call them and say, hey, man, I got your home inspection report. I bought this house and you missed A, B, C, D, E, and it's going to cost me $50,000 to fix these things. He's going to say, uh, who are you again? Oh, you weren't my customer? Click, done. You're out of luck. So you're not getting the protection that you'd get if you paid your own guy and you were the customer. This is another reason I hear. Oh, it's new construction. The state has their guy or the city has the, uh, the building inspector go through the house. I'm sure everything is fine. You would like to think so, but inspectors are not robots. Building inspectors for the cities are way overworked, and they miss all kinds of stuff. Just as a couple of examples, this year alone, we did some inspections on uh, million-dollar-plus houses um, in an affluent area of the state. I don't want to say the city, but it's a nice area. And they had a lot of defects with the houses, and it was new construction. You had ductwork crisscrossed on different HVAC systems. A couple of them had three-inch holes in the roof where they missed where the plumbing vent pipe was going to go through the roof and just left a hole there. Um, electrical issues, plumbing leaks. These are things that maybe you could go back to the builder and get them to fix, but now you got to live through construction and, and renovation of your house that's brand new that you just bought that you thought was going to be maintenance-free for the next decade or so. A lot of people think new construction also has a one-year warranty, and that's simply not true. In Rhode Island, new construction has a one-year limitation of liability, which actually protects the builder from you going back there after a year. It does not really protect the buyer. And even if you do make a claim to the builder, you still have to ask them to come back. Sometimes you have to fight with them. Sometimes you have to sue them. And if that's the case, you could live with these items for three, four, five years before you get a settlement, if you even win. So just because it's new construction, still protect yourself and get a home inspection. I've heard this one. Well, I mean, they just went through everything, so I'm sure it's fine. So a flip house, there's a reason flippers have a bad reputation. Some of them do great work, and, and I don't want to besmirch their reputations, but there's a lot of guys that just like to throw lipstick on a pig and pass off this home to the next unsuspecting buyer and get as much profit as possible and cut as many corners as possible. Again, especially if you're a novice homeowner, you're not going to pick up on a lot of these details that a experienced home inspector would be able to point out to you, and you could step into a house that has a lot of, a lot of problems. A lot of these flips have nice granite and nice tile and new fixtures in the bathrooms, but it turns out there's things like mold and old heating systems and termite damage and structural compromise and all kinds of stuff like that that you don't see at the walkthrough. So if it's a flip house, definitely bring in a home inspector. So, I mean, with, with house prices being elevated and interest rates being elevated, buyers should really not be inclined to waive their home inspection. I mean, they're already paying all the money. They're already paying all the interest and the higher taxes and all that good stuff. They shouldn't be taking all the risk as well. Definitely get your home inspection. Now, there are very few reasons where I would say, I almost shudder to say this on the radio because one of my colleagues is probably going to drive out and slash my tires, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are a couple of reasons to waive your home inspection. Not really, but here, here's a couple of examples. If you're super rich, very affluent, got a ton of money, and you want this house in this spot no matter what, and you don't care if you have to rip that house to the ground and build a completely new house in its spot because you are loaded with cash. All right, I guess you can waive your home inspection because you're not going to be financially crushed should the house be in awful condition. Or maybe you're just an adrenaline junkie and you like to live dangerously. Kidding on that last part, don't waive your home inspection. But let's say that you did have one of these reasons that we talked about at the beginning of the segment and you did waive your home inspection, um, or you are that guy who likes to live dangerously, and you bought a house and you waived your inspection. Let's not compound the mistake. So you took a risk by not having the house checked out before you bought it, but now you own it. 
let's bring in a home inspector anyway. You don't want to have safety items lurking that could injure you or your family, like uh, carbon monoxide issues or mold issues. You don't want to have big structural issues or roof leaks or a chimney tipping off the side of the house that you don't know about. So have somebody come in and inspect the house and see if one of these big items was missed so you can start to plan to get it taken care of. Also, have a home inspector come through. It's a great way for you to learn about your new house. Where are the main shutoffs? What kind of maintenance do these things need? And then lastly, that home inspection, even though you already own the house and doesn't really give you the protection that it would have had you had us inspect it beforehand, we can still go through and give you an idea. This is about this old. This is kind of how long that lasts. This is approximately the amount of life you can expect on this or that system. So you can start to plan. All right. My water heater is like 15 years old. That probably should have failed by now. I should get a new one of those soon. My roof maybe has 10 years left on it, so I can start to budget for that. My heating system is brand new, so I probably have a couple of decades before that. Oh, it's oil. I need to service it every year because my home inspector gave me some good maintenance tips. That way you can budget and learn about the house and budget for maintenance down the road and keep your big investment in tip-top shape in years to come. So I appreciate you listening. I hope that uh, this is Encouraged you not to waive your home inspection, but if you did, bring us in any way to check out the house. This is Mike with Patriot Property Inspections. Have a great day. On the line with us, we've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. And if you ever want to know what's happening here in Rhode Island, you can easily check out riblogger.com. And don't forget, you can post your events for free on there. And you can contact them if you run a business or a service and uh, you want to get some more exposure in the local marketplace. Jennifer, thanks so much for jumping on with us today. For having me. Very welcome. So, yeah, always. Uh, so what, what do we got? We got some top five events this week, wintertime, going into spring somewhat. Yeah, I know. It's wild. All of these events are March. At first, I was thinking, you know, like end of February. And I was like, no, 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 it's March. This is so crazy. Um, right. But crap is March 1st to the 10th. Um, you can enjoy the final weeks of winter celebrating Rhode Island's craft beer, experience tap room events, attend special beer releases at breweries, um, visit dozens of bars, restaurants, and retailers for tap takeovers and tastings. Um, you'll get an RI Brewery passport, which will tell you, you know, where you can go and all the events. It's a great opportunity just to, to learn about a new beer um, and local breweries. And you can get your details at ribrewersguild.org. Link is also there on our event listing. Mm -hmm. Sounds um, good. Wanda Sykes, please and thank you tours at the Veterans Memorial Auditorium, March 3rd at 7 p.m. Um, Wanda is an Emmy-winning stand-up comedian, writer, actress, and producer. Um, she's been entertaining audience for over 20 years, and she's been ranked among the Entertainment Weekly's 25 Funniest People in America. So that's March 3rd. If you're looking for a laugh, um, definitely check that out. Saturday, March 2nd. I think we talked about this last year, too. I feel like the years fly by, but they do. Um, I think we learned last year that Rhode Island has been um, splitting up the St. Patrick's Day Parade, so you can actually try and see all of them. So this wow. is the first I know of. Saturday, March 2nd is the 42nd annual St. Patrick's Day Parade um, in downtown Pawtucket at 12 p.m. The parade starts at 12 p.m. sharp at the corner of Division Street and South Bend, um, and it can be viewed from South Bend along... Um, Walcott Street towards downtown, ending at City Hall. Um, after the parade, there will be an after party at the Armory on Exchange Street from about 1 to 5 p.m. And vendors. 
Um, and admission is $3 per person and beer and wine is cash only. And there's also another little note that there's a lot of cash only vendors. So plan to bring cash to that event. Um, Sunday, March 3rd is the bird walks in Roger Williams Park at 10 a.m. Uh, brave the winter temps and search for some feathered friends in Roger Williams Park. Uh, wear comfortable shoes, bring binoculars, and obviously dress for the weather. Who knows what it will be? Right. Um, I know, right? Could be like 75 or negative eight. Um, walks meet at the Museum of Natural History and Planetarium, and they are $3 per session and pre-registration is required. And you can also get that link on the event listing. Fantastic. And, oh, sorry, last but not least, uh, Saturday, March 2nd at 8 p.m., catch Casey and the Sunshine Band. Um, live at Twin River at 8 p.m. Don't miss the legendary band at their only Ocean State visit. Um, dance the night away with the fusion of R&B and funk with a hint of Latin percussion. Um, they're, they're known for their 70s dance hits, including Get Down Tonight, and That's the Way I Like It. And their ticket link is also on the event listing. So once you find the events, there's always a little link on the bottom to get tickets or more information. Awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun, as always. Check out riblogger.com. You can see the top five events and so much more at riblogger.com. Jennifer, thanks so much for jumping on with us and enjoy your time up north. Thank you. Have a great week. You're very welcome. You too. Great show today. If you have any real estate questions at all, please feel free to reach out. Um, we help our listeners every single week buy and sell properties. 401 three five nine two three three eight again that's four zero one three five nine two three three eight i'd like to thank tim from cranston for calling in last week we're helping him to sell his property we'll announce uh we'll, we'll talk about that property next week let you know what it's about in case you or anybody else you know is interested in purchasing it um but stay tuned next week we got another great show we've got uh, a big thank you going to Ethan, our producer, Bill, our station manager, Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com, Paul Salcone with North Point Bank, uh, Ben Goldblum with Statewide Painters, and Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy your Sunday. Hope you enjoy some time with your family or friends and some relaxation. God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you.